When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slips a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately, got the handoff, and it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for some midweek news and notes. So for that, we bring in our friend, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, I got to be honest, I wasn't expecting to have this news today. I expected to have some news, but I didn't expect it to be this. We're going to get into the particulars here, but... It reminded me as I saw the news unfold on social media today of an old program that ESPN Classic used to do called Battle Lines. And if you never watched it, it's really good. I think you can find old episodes on YouTube. Rich Eisen used to host it, so that should tell you something because that was back when he was still at ESPN. And what they used to do is they would take a look at major moments in certain sports and they would do like an hour-long look back and they would give you the entire thing where they would go back before the specific game and give you all the background leading up to it. They would talk to people that were involved, all that. And there was one episode that was really good. It was about the 1988 Los Angeles Dodgers and specifically game one, the famous Kirk Gibson home run. And that year, Oral Hershiser was unstoppable as a pitcher. And he was just as important as Kirk Gibson was in terms of the Dodgers making it to the World Series and then eventually winning it. And the Dodgers were huge underdogs against the Oakland Athletics. But before they got to the World Series against the A's, they were in the NLCS against the Mets. And in game four of that series, it went to extra innings. And I remember watching the episode, and as they're retelling the story, Rich Eisen said, in the 10th inning, the Mets expected to see one of the Dodgers relievers enter the game, but instead, a surprise. And that's what I thought of today. It's a surprise. I was expecting to hear that it was either going to be Zach Wilson or somehow Mike White was going to hold on to the job because Wilson wasn't ready yet. Instead, it ended up being Flacco, a surprise, just like when Oral Hershiser walked out of the bullpen and ended up taking the ball in extra innings to help the Dodgers win a game the day after he made a start. So that's what stunned everybody at the time. And so that really was where I was at with the Flacco news. I was surprised, but when you stop and think about it, it makes sense. The bottom line here is the Jets and everybody else know what Mike White is now. We saw what he did against the Buffalo Bills, and basically we've talked about this a lot. Once teams figured out 
that all they had to do was take away the underneath stuff, Mike White was going to be able to do very little. And that's essentially what happened. He turned the ball over left and right and couldn't really complete anything against the Bills. And Zach Wilson wasn't ready to go this week, which we were hoping would be the case. We hoped that he would be able to go, but he wasn't. So Joe Flacco, who is the best quarterback currently on the roster, who is healthy, is going to get the start because the coaching staff wants to win games. The players, the locker room, want to win games. I know that the fan base will sit here and say that this is all about the long-term and player development and all of that, but the coaching staff wants to win games. The locker room wants to win games. And people will say, well, why not see what you have in Mike White? I have to impress this upon you in case you're unaware. Mike White is a free agent at the end of the season. There is no guarantee he comes back here. And he's not going to play past this game against the Miami Dolphins, even if he got in there, unless Zach Wilson had some sort of a setback. So I don't know really what the value is of seeing what you have in Mike White, because even if you determine he's an okay backup, he's free to go somewhere else if he wants anyway. So realistically, if you break this all down, the Flacco decision makes plenty of sense. Ultimately, as I told you before we started recording though, Chris, I just don't care that much. If Wilson's not playing, it doesn't matter to me who's playing, but I totally understand why they're doing this. They think Flacco gives them the best chance to win and the best chance to allow them to properly evaluate the young players on this roster. We saw that when Flacco played last year, it really helped Denzel Mims, among others. Maybe the same thing happens for Elijah Moore. So that's really what this is all about, and a lot of people are freaking out in one direction or another. As I said on Twitter, Occam's razor, simplest explanation is the most likely explanation. And the most likely explanation here is simply that the Jets are going with the guy that they think is the best quarterback that's healthy. All right. So I'll uh, start with uh, that. You almost lost me for a bit because I was wondering where you were going talking about Dodgers and A's so much. <laughs> um, me, um, but yeah, Look, I believe I said this on the pod after the game, uh, recapping the game, that if Zach Wilson isn't going to start, isn't going to be ready, then I expect Flacco's going to get the start. Uh, like, he threw four interceptions the other day, and it it could have, it slash should have been eight, maybe, I think. Like, it could have been so much worse. Um, this... <sighs> Why not see what yet yet they have in Mike White? They've seen it. I promise you guys, they've seen it. For two years, I, I've seen it. Uh, th- throwing the ball on little three-yard dink and dunks and watching your running back run up the field against the Bengals is not going to do anything for you. It's, he was forced to try to push the ball downfield, and he ends up throwing four interceptions. Nothing against Mike White, the person, but the Mike White, the quarterback, I know fans are super excited because you hadn't seen anything from him. And then the first thing you see, and he has one of the best statistical, you know, the best statistical performance since Vinny Testaverde. I get it. But there's more than stats because go and actually watch the tape and go and look at what they do. And I've, I've tried very hard over the years to like stop leaning on, you know, analysis as just being go look at the tape. Um, I, I've, I've tried very hard not to use that as analysis for many reasons. One of the biggest reasons is it's, it's hard for regular fans and people with normal you know, jobs, you know, 
that they have to rely on in families. It's going to be really hard for you to sit down and find time to go and watch the tape of all these different games. Just go and watch the tape of the Bengals game. Just go and watch that. It's all like if you go into that and you watch that with this in mind, you're going to be like, oh, I get it now. Okay, I get it now. Because you you went into that game with zero expectations and you're just watching them march up and down the field and you're not paying attention to the throws. You're just like, oh my God, what is happening? This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. This is happening to my Jets. The Jets, this doesn't happen to the Jets. Like, I get why fans are reacting that way. But again, if you go and you look at it again with clear eyes, you're it's going to start making sense to you here. Um They've seen it. The and I also get this because fans are nervous that Zach Wilson might not be the answer. And obviously, with the the first couple of games he started, I I can understand why anyone would think that. It's super early in his career, too far to, uh, too soon to draw that comparisons. But if that thought is creeping around in your head, then it's natural to sit there and go, "Hey, this other guy who just it just came into my head because." I wasn't paying attention to him at all before. Uh, maybe let's see what he's work- got and he has a shot. And we know Jack Joe Flacco's not the answer. And even though Josh Johnson played really good the, uh, against the Colts, we know that he's 35. He's not the answer long-term either. So I get why fans would want to turn to Mike White here. But if you can't understand why the coaching staff and the players would look at what Mike White did last week, and say, no, we want to win this week. We're, we just got almost got 50 points put up on. They just got, they're thinking, we just almost got 50 points scored on us three times in the past, what, four weeks? Like, we just got blown out. Like, no, give us Joe Flacco. That, and what a, it's 2021. That's the only scenario I can come up with that. Give us Joe Flacco sounds like a reasonable statement. Um, And it's more than reasonable. It's the only thing that makes sense. The coaching staff wants a win. They need to make sure that they keep the locker room in in tow. The locker room wants a win because they always want to win. They're tired of getting beat down like this, especially two weeks in a row. They need to feel good. So, okay, Zach Wilson's not yet. We, we saw what Mike White can do. He got his chance versus the, the Bills, you know, like as he, he lost his moment. If I want to go ahead and th- that was his one moment, I'll go and channel my inner Eminem here. This is his one moment, his one opportunity. Uh, he, and he, you know, vomited his mom's spaghetti all over the field. That that's what happened. It, it's over for him. Like, and, and it's, that's a super harsh thing to say. Cause that's all he got. He got the Bengals game, a quarter against the Colts and the Bills, and it and that's a wrap. But that's the NFL, and, and that's life as an undrafted rookie that gets his opportunity. You're not getting more shots than that. If you, you like, what other undrafted rookie quarterback can have a game where he throws four interceptions, and you're thinking, give him a shot to do it again? That that's no, that's your shot. That's it. Chris, another aspect of this, and you and I have talked about it before, and it still amuses me, is all the people that are saying, Salah, he changed his mind. He spun on a dime. He's somebody that flip-flops so quickly. How could anybody trust the word he says? Well, 
Welcome to coaches and executives in sports. Never, ever believe or trust anything they say. You and I have said this over and over again. Take nothing they say at face value. What did Joe Douglas say about how Sam Darnold was the man and he called his parents and made them this promise and Darnold was going to be the guy and this and that? And then what happened? We could go through a million examples. It's no different than trusting a politician. These people lie, they spin, and even if they're being truthful with you on Monday, something might have changed their mind by Tuesday anyway. So all of this is to say that whatever Robert Sala or Joe Douglas or any of these other guys say, always, always take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, and this is something I've been preaching for a very long time. This is something I've been preaching since Idzik was here, um, and it wasn't an Idzik thing that made me do it. It was just paying attention to GMs around the league and coaches around the league and just being like, oh, wait a second. This is just like, by design, this is just a situation for us to be lied to that's what it is that's what press conferences are you gather up reporters to sit in front of a coach an owner or a player and more often than not it's just for uh, uh, us to get lied to that's it um even let's go back to what Ty Johnson said about Mike White. And then uh, I was on, again, on this podcast, I was like, yeah, he lied. He's backing up his teammate. He's being a good teammate. That's what he's doing. Uh, then you know, I came out joking. Okay, I got to apologize to Ty Johnson because Mike White had that great game. Uh, and he came out. See, I told you, he, he wasn't, he was lying. He knew it. He was just being a good teammate. Um, and that's the same thing that Salah's been doing this whole entire time. He's been lying since he walked in the door. He was lied to us all throughout training camp, uh, telling us about how he's got, you know, all this faith in the backups and they want to develop the backups and this, this, this. It's all, it was all just a lie. They wanted to get Zach Wilson all the reps they could get. And if they had a Joe Flacco or anybody else, that would have ended up cutting into Zach Wilson's reps. So they went with the young and experienced guys so they could just give Zach Wilson all the reps. And he lied all throughout training camp. And then he lied when he was talking about his confidence in Mike White. And then Mike White had a great game. And all of a sudden he was like, yeah. But even then, before he plays the Bills, he actually lets it slip by saying, hey, you know what? This is going to play itself out organically because he knew in the moment, like at that time when he said that he knew Mike White's not going to keep this up. This isn't going to last. This is the NFL. This is how it works. Um, Like Mike White is not going to just come in here and just light the world on fire by dumping it off like that. That's not how it's going to go. So he was lying the whole time, and now he's he's lying again, but, like, for different reasons. But really, this is closer to the truth because at least everybody can have more confidence in Joe Flacco and get, they can, everyone in the locker room saying, yeah, okay, we got a better chance to win with Joe Flacco than we do with this, this guy right here. And the teammates can love him all they want. I've, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks in my time here Teammates love their quarterbacks until they don't. And once they don't, they they despise that quarterback. Um, 
It, it once, I mean, look, look at Robbie, Robbie Anderson, just a week ago, following around Sam Darnold, screaming on him on the sideline. You didn't see that when they were here. Uh, as much as Robbie got frustrated with Sam at some times here, you didn't see that. Robbie was still loved him, still talked to him, and and like I had author Robbie liked Sam back then, legitimately liked him, thought he had a good chance. It it was real. It, Last last week he had a he nope this is it I'm done this dude is not it and he let him have it and Sam Darnold is never getting Robbie Anderson back as a fan that's over play like a jet play like a jet some roster news the Jets have activated Kenny Yaboa and Rashad Wild Goose which sounds like the name of a liquor doesn't it Wild Goose yes. Brandon Eccles placed on IR Corey Thompson. And Keelan Doss signed to the practice squad And Noah Dawkins placed on IR The real news here of course Is that Eccles goes on IR So the Jets lose a starting corner We also heard injury news involving Zach Wilson And Mekhi Becton with Wilson We're not exactly sure what's going to happen with him He's going to be returning to practice at some point On a limited basis Will he play in the game coming up against the Houston Texans on the road. No idea yet, but he's obviously not going to be active for this game on Sunday against the Dolphins. And then Makai Becton is going to be out at least another one to three weeks before he can start to practice again. It's a sad realization, but he's probably going to end up missing almost the entire season. On the one hand, it's disappointing because you'd like to see him play. On the other hand, and this is tiring to say, but because it's the Jets and because they don't win games on a frequent basis, it's the truth. You'd rather have him rest up, get 100% fully healthy, than rush him back because these games are not going to be that important for him to play in. The long-term future is what you need to keep your eye on with Becton. So as long as it takes for him to heal is as long as it takes for him to heal. Yeah, I, I've been saying all along that you know people talking about getting Becton soon... I, it just didn't make sense. We're talking about a fractured kneecap. Um, you you can't do anything like any exercising, any training, any anything with that injury. So you have to get ready and rehab that injury just to get to a point where you're like, okay, now I can start working myself into shape. Um, and like again, I we talk about this all the time. Being working yourself into shape and being working yourself into playing shape in the NFL are two completely different things, like completely different things. The and working yourself into playing shape in the NFL is a, such a long, hard process. It's going to take time from getting the clear from your doctor. Okay, you can train and work out as hard as you want now from a fractured kneecap to being able to play. And this is, this isn't a wide receiver. This isn't uh you know, somebody who can come in and play 15 snaps a game. This is an offensive lineman, offensive lineman play every snap on offense. Um, so that's going to take time. I, and even just the idea of one to three weeks away before he can start practicing. And then he got to work himself into the shape we're looking at we're, what are we looking at him coming back week 15 or something what's the point of that uh i don't 
I'm not trying to risk any type of setback and then have him have to rehab over the offseason. I'd, I'd just be shutting him down right now. Um, and then especially because all this is going to do is it's just going to open up uh, floodgates for people to sit here and, you know, do the whole he's not in shape type of thing and all uh, that that's just going to open up the floodgates for him. They should have just shut it down right away and they should shut it down right now. Um, because what, what is him playing two or three games and at the end of a lost season, get anybody? What? I don't understand it. I, if, okay, it'd be sure you get a little bit of momentum. It'd be nice. And, uh, you know, he can confident going into the off season. Okay, great. Long-term, is that going to move the needle at all? No, I just get him comfortable. And so he can spend the entire off season, uh, you know, working and training like a normal healthy player and be ready to hit the ground running once training camp and the season starts with that goals. Uh, you know, that, that hurts a little bit, especially with how bad the defense has been playing. I know he got, he got eaten up a bit last week, but, also, you know, a lot of that was by by Diggs, and Diggs will do that to just about anybody in this league. Um, so he's he's shown me a lot of promise uh, right now. So that's you know it definitely uh, hurts to to miss him and to see that that go. But ultimately, this defense is getting you know fifty burgers put up on him, almost on him with him. So it's it's going to be our <laughs> though get shellacked without him as well. Chris, last thing I wanted to talk to you about before we run is something that's a little bit different, but it's kind of fun. Robert Sala and Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan loves to talk, and he loves to get under people's skin. Robert Sala is not really known for responding to stuff like that. So when Rex Ryan opened up his mouth and went off on Salah and said, don't you dare compare me to this guy, said the Jets are playing with no heart, said that he was a much better coach than Salah, talked about all these different things where Salah is deficient, basically ran him down. I was expecting if Salah got asked about it to either just straight up deflect or to say, well, Rex is entitled to his opinion. He gets paid to talk. I can't really concern myself with that. I have to just worry about what's going on with my team right now. Instead, he basically challenged Rex Ryan to a cage match. He said, I've obviously never met Rex Ryan. If it's that personal for him, he knows where to find me. I was not expecting that from Robert Sala. Let's start with the obvious. I like Rex Ryan. I enjoy him. He amuses me. He's a fun personality. But he's a two-time failed head coach, and people will talk about the early success with the Jets. Chris, that was when you first started on the beat. We both know that Rex Ryan inherited a very, very talented roster. In 09, they backed into the playoffs and got in basically because the Colts handed them a win, and the week after that, the Bengals handed them a win. So they got two gifted wins to get into the playoffs, and they had a nice run going to the AFC Championship game. But once the initial pieces that Rex Ryan had started to disintegrate, they never replaced him, and Rex basically revealed himself for what he was, a fun front man, but ultimately very deficient as a head coach. Good defensive mind, not a good head coach. That was reinforced in Buffalo. Let's also stipulate that, as I said, Rex's job is to bloviate. He's supposed to say stuff like this. Robert Sala responding, 
is the surprise here. Didn't expect it. Clearly, Rex got under his skin. I wonder if this means that Salah is sort of feeling a little bit of the heat if it stung him because clearly Salah hasn't been in this type of situation before as an assistant where as the head coach of a New York football team, he's going to be under this microscope he's never been under before. Should also stipulate, and this should go without saying, that if this fight ever actually happened, Robert Salah would absolutely annihilate Rex Ryan in about two seconds flat. I'm sure Rex is smart enough to know that as well. So really fun story here that I wasn't expecting. It doesn't really mean anything, but with the Jets being 2-7, and seven, this is the kind of comedic theater that can have you laughing to keep from crying. All right, there, there's a lot to unpack here, and I'm going to start with uh, Rex Ryan absolutely 100% does not believe that Robert Sala would take whoop, whoop him like that, and Rex Ryan is 100% wrong <laughs> but i promise you he there, there's no yeah i'm just talking and he 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 doesn't believe it no rex believes it um uh, and he would be in for a shock of his life because robert sala would work him absolutely work him um yeah the he knows where to find me that i mean listen i can't you the surprising part of this is not rex ryan that is, you say this is his job to talk, but and it is. But Coach Rex Ryan wouldn't surprise anybody with saying this. So the the job part is almost irrelevant here. It's just Rex Ryan that can't. No one can be surprised by that part. Robert Sala saying he knows where to find me. That get a little bit of a take back moment. That surprised me. But what and and actually makes sense to me um i don't i don't necessarily think it has anything to do with feeling the pressure i think salah said it right there that it, it was personal and that it, that felt extremely personal from rex um and and it i when i before i saw what salah said and heard what salah said I saw Rex's comment and was like, yeah, that, that feels oddly personal. And I kind of get why Rex is doing that and making it personal. And he brought up the fact that, you know, oh, this is the guy that people are comparing me to. It's a, it was a stupid comparison that people made at the time um, when they made it. And this was before the Jets even hired Salah. I was like, it's a dumb comparison. The only the you're making a comparison because he's getting excited on the sideline. That's that's literally literally the only comparison there. And they coach defense. Otherwise, they are completely different people. Like there's nothing similar about them otherwise, except for defense and they can be super energetic and exciting. Um, but like for Rex to get mad at Sala because people made that stupid comparison is just, well, that's classic Rex actually. I, it's, it's silly. It's ridiculous. It's nonsensical. And it's right up Rex, Rex's alley. So I, I, Okay, fair enough on that. But I think that's what it was, is he took that as a little personal, so that uh, response it got, got him as a response. Uh, and listen, Rex Rex had some points in there, but like always, most of it not. Um, it's, a, it's asinine to compare these two situations, man. To, to compare what Rex walked into... Mm -hmm. And what Robert Sala is dealing with, it is absolutely asinine. 
Rex walked into an absolute just overflowing with talent team. That roster was set up over years uh, and was had one of the best offensive lines in, or had the best offensive line in football at the time and had so much talent on defense. It was insane, including Revis and the greatest year ever. He just walked in with that on his team. He didn't do anything to get that. He didn't work that up. Um, like he, he didn't coach up Revis and, uh, you know, develop Revis. He didn't do any of that. Robert Sala walked in here. And again, I'm going to point out how they talked about we're going to come in here and we're going to start all these undrafted rookies on defense. They went in saying we're going to take our lumps this year. That's a completely different situation than Rex uh, is talking uh, doing here. And it's just absolutely ridiculous to even compare uh, to compare the two situations. That this is literally apples and uh, you know, apples in in my couch. It's not even apples and oranges. It's an apples and something that's not food. Like they're completely different situations. No question about it, Chris, and I said this on Twitter earlier this week as well. Rex Ryan inherited a roster that with Brett Favre the year before looked like it was headed to the Super Bowl before he tore his shoulder, whereas Robert Sala came in after the Adam Gase mess, as you said, relying on a lot of young players that have no established track record. So to compare those two situations is straight up silly. Quick note before we go, the Jets have activated Kyle Phillips, the defensive lineman from the injured list. He is now going to be on the active roster. Should help the Jets run defense. Couldn't hurt because the Jets run defense has been really bad. So anybody who's decent coming into this situation to help, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. Chris Nimley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Thanks so much for coming on and talking through the midweek news with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything Chris is doing at Jets Insider and follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under. Luke Grant has some brand new All-22 video breakdowns on the channel. Watch all of them and also subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Check out our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Bless You Thank You shirt with Quinn Williams and John Franklin Myers, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, and a bunch more. It's all there, tpublic, T-E-E-Public.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So you go ahead and do that for us. We'll be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital, playlikeajet.com. Thank you.